There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Good to have you with us. Follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel. Paulie is out today as we are live in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Sportsbook inside Circa Resort and Casino. In this hour, we will get into something that happened yesterday in Major League Baseball for the first time in history. Mm-hmm. For the first time in the history of the sport, and you're going to understand why it was the first time. I couldn't believe as I was watching this game, as I was looking at the box score live as the game was being played, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I, I hope it holds because I, I was looking at some nuggets taking place during the game. And yeah. I'm like, this has to be the first time ever. And it was. It turned out to be the first time it ever happened. So details on that in about 25 minutes. And uh, we will get into the NBA draft again, betting it, knowing what we know right now. And you're telling us that there's a team that uh, it seems like there might be some steam for this team to be getting into the lottery to make a move tonight. We'll tell you what team that is coming up. Potentially, yeah. You're seeing more of that today? I think so. Okay. So why don't we talk some NFL here with uh, odds to lead the league in rushing yards this season. I'll tell you what I did a year ago. I found a book where it worked out to, I made three bets to win this. In my opinion, only three running backs could win the rushing title last year. And it came down to me before it started. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Ezekiel Elliott. Turns out, had a decent sweat there for a minute with Delvin Cook. Yep. Could have been wrong. But the odds worked out last year to where I bet all three and I was going to win the same amount no matter what. Um, so that was surprising when I found those numbers. This year, you can't find it. Actually, last year, I believe I had Derrick Henry at the time at plus 650. 
Yeah. That was insane to me. That was a great number. This year, he's plus 350. And he's now done it two years in a row. And last year, of course, he was incredible. 2,027 yards a season ago. The year before that, he had 1540. And as you look at this chart, you'll see that for the most part, it takes, and this is probably Captain Obvious, but you, you need to be early to mid-20s to lead the league in rushing on this list. I mean, there's one outlier, and it's Adrian Peterson. That should be no surprise because he's one of the best of all time, and he's a complete beast. Right. You know, you get worn down, carries, all of those stuff. Like, a lot of that has to factor into it. And Derrick Henry, I think, I don't even think we give enough credit to what Derrick Henry has done each of the last two years. The wear and tear that that dude has had. Yep. And the ability to lead the league in rushing. And the, the clips at which he has done it, too. 2,000 yards, the way he pushed for it at the end of 2020. Like, I was yep. insane what he was able to do. It's funny to me because as a guy who plays fantasy football a lot and a guy who takes in a lot of fa- uh, fantasy mm-hmm. content, the people who still had a problem with Henry last year because he wasn't going to get the receptions. Yeah. Like, I can't possibly justify <laughs> taking him early in the first round. Yeah, but he's going to go for like 1,700, 1,800 yards and push 20 touchdowns, and he eclipsed yep. those numbers. Or the the yards, I mean, he got more than 2,000. So um, this year, plus 350. Over at William Hill, he's 27 years old now. Uh, again, but I think that he probably fits into that Peterson category where he's a total freak and he's, you know, a, a beast. Delvin Cook is six to one. He's going to be 26 years old in August. Uh, I want to make a case that Saquon Barkley is going to, you know, once he if he does stay healthy mm-hmm. for one full year, like he is going to have a breakout year at some point, right? To where he lives up to. Like for one year anyway, where it's like, yeah, oh, maybe they made the right pick at number two those all those years ago. My problem with Barkley is he's such a dynamic athlete out in space too. Yeah, that like does that eat away from the rushing, right? Because we're talking about specifically being the leading rusher. Sure, if sure. We're talking about like yards from scrimmage or something like that. I'd be totally down. Can I give you? A, so you mentioned age, everything like that. Mm-hmm. What if I told you that there is a running back who is 24 years old behind the sixth best run blocking offensive line in the National Football League, and you could get him at 65 to one. 65 to one. Um, he's 24 years old. Yep. Six is it? Is it Fournette? Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. Huh. Yeah, but they they he, will he get enough carries? I uh, so Lombardi believes that Damian Harris is the real deal. Uh, when I got to talk to him over the weekend, when I was pre- we were previewing the AFC East, and look, they're going back to that two tight end stuff. Their wide receiving core is not great. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line, from a run blocking perspective, if you look at PFF metrics and Football Outsiders, was insanely good at run blocking. And they're going to be using their run offense quite a bit. And Damian Harris, you saw it last year multiple times, 121 yards against the Baltimore Ravens, 102 against the Bills, 100 yards against KC, only played in 12 games. He's their lead back going into camp. I wouldn't hate it. Is he the guy that you're going to bet? He's my shot, yeah. At 65-1, to if you're going to try to find somebody that's uh, really far down the board and not take one of these guys in the top three or four, Damian Harris. I just think Belichick splits up the carries too much. I I think this is the end. You think this is going to be it? This is going to be Harris' time to take over? Well, sixty-five to one, man. When you find a shot like that, that you make that you know that kind of makes sense to you, it's definitely worth taking a bet on. It is uh, follow the money here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, along with JVT, welcome into the show today. And uh, we're starting off this hour talking about the National Football League and who could lead the league in rushing yards this year. Derrick Henry's done it for two consecutive years. Don't forget that uh, Kareem Hunt in twenty seventeen, he did it. He was twenty-two years old as a rookie. You know that he was 80-1, to 1, and there was a book in town. Remember, they opened up the season that year at New England. Mm-hmm. Patriots were the defending champs. That was Alex Smith. 
Yep. And Andy Reid and the Chiefs went there and put 40-plus points on say, the they board. They ran a rough shot all over them. And Kareem Hunt killed that team. And I was high on Kareem Hunt that year in terms of fantasy, but I missed this bet. There was a book in town that left his number up after that game, still at 80-1 to one on him. No, really? And then it came down to week 17, and they put him out there to play because they wanted him to, to get him the rushing title. Yeah. And that's what happened. Um, so in terms of uh, the overall run blocking, what are you seeing on the Saints? Because I've seen numerous sites that grade them out as the number one overall offensive line. Yeah, I mean, if you're going by PFF grading standards, they're mm-hmm. still a top 10 offensive line. But in terms of uh, run blocking specifically, they are the eighth best offensive line in the National Football League. And in terms of pass blocking, I have them down in the grading system from a season ago at 13th. Okay. So top end of the league offensive line. All right. So they're very good. So, some people have them graded as the best offensive line. Mm-hmm. I would I would personally think that would be the Cleveland Browns. Browns are very good. I think your Colts are very yep. good, which I'll get to coming up in a second. I cannot make a case whatsoever, even though there's no more Drew Brees. Um, there's no Michael Thomas to begin the season. Who knows how long he's going to be out. They have an exceptional off- uh, offensive line. I can't make the case for Elvin Kamara at 20-1. to 1. No. I mean, if Kamara was in that range of... I'm, I'm looking at overall projections mm-hmm. with Kamara. I did not see one projection yesterday, and I looked at three or four with Kamara having more than 1,000 yards rushing. They were all like in the 950-yard range. I don't know. I don't know if they've adjusted since the Michael Thomas news, but this is a guy that, again, he's going to be used too much. As, he's probably going to have 70 catches this year. Well, and here's the other thing. How much do we see of Taysom Hill? Because Taysom Hill is going to eat into those rushing attempts as right, well, right? right? He's going to be running the ball too. So I think that's what hurts you if you're looking at an Alvin Kamara type uh, to lead the league in rushing. Again, like he would probably be at the top of the list in yards from scrimmage. Like Saquon Barkley would be up there as well. But like you're looking for like these classic downhill runners and teams that are going to be kind of going north south and trying to do it that way. Like even a team like the Baltimore Ravens, right? You would think the Ravens, like, hey, they they run the ball a lot, but Lamar Jackson is going to eat into a lot of those attempts. Of course. So if you're looking at like a J.K. Dobbins or whatever it is, like you wouldn't feel comfortable in that situation because he's he's going to be a thousand yard rusher, but he's not going to be a seventeen thousand or seventeen hundred yard rusher. Sure. So let's cross off a couple of guys on the list who you're not going to bet. I'm not going to bet Christian McCaffrey. No. Off the injury, it's probably self-explanatory. Again, off the injury, and again to a guy who is a little bit split in terms of his duties, right? Uh, again, and I said seventy catches for Kamara, he'll he'll go, he'll go over that probably. Mm-hmm. I think he's had like eighty every single year so far in his career, but um, he's going to get a ton of catches. McCaffrey has had a hundred catches before, so they'll use him more as a pass, you know, receiving back, um, and not just a, you know the first. He's obviously going to be a three-down back, mm-hmm. so I'm going to cross him off the list. Uh, Aaron Jones, twelve to one. 26 years old, good offensive line. Can't do it. I'm going to cross him off the list. I think this is a guy who they actually, you know, in previous years where they spelled him by using Jamal Williams. Yep. This is a guy who you could actually make a case that they've they've done the load management with Aaron Jones before, where they don't try to overuse him. And I think A.J. Dillon's going to be that guy this year that will take carries away from him in certain spots. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cross him off the list. Agree with him. I am crossing Melvin Gordon's 20 to 1. Is he even the opening day starting running back? Yeah, it seems too short for for that situation, given everything that we know about the backfield rotation and how they like the guys that are behind him. I don't think I want more. I think I'd want like 40 or 50 to one. Well, uh, Williams is going to probably be like the lead guy right. sooner than later in Denver. Yeah, the second they drafted him, they, they, that was the That's, buzz. Of course, I'm crossing Melvin Gordon. Off. Melvin Gordon should be in the 100 to 1 range, right. in my opinion. Maybe even more. Uh, I'm going to cross off Joe Mixon. I've said this before. I have this thing in my head when I get fixated on certain players. Mm-hmm. Like he was, you know, forget about the off-the-field off stuff. Obviously, it was despicable what happened. But um, 
as a pure running back at Oklahoma, he was fantastic. I and at Cincinnati, he has shown me like a lot to where not he doesn't have a million guys to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line has been bad. I just I love flashes of Joe Mixon. I think his ceiling is huge, but I can't get there with him at twenty to one. There's no way. Would agree. And like last year too, again one of the worst run blocking offensive lines in the National Football League, and they could be a little bit better, but that's just not a system that I think is going to tailor itself to consistent feeds to the point where you're pushing for those numbers. Josh Jacobs is twenty three years old. He's twenty five to one. I don't like the Raiders' offensive line, and they brought in. Kenyon Drake, fantasy people hate uh, Josh Jacobs this year. Right. And, well, and here's the thing with Jacobs. Like, last year, quietly, you know, not really efficient in terms of the yards per carry. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the rehaul of the offensive line. Two, three of the five starters are gone. Like, that's one situation where, like, they're going to try to run to set up the pass. It's part of it. But I just don't like the overall situation given the, the running backs and his step back from an efficiency standpoint last I'm, year. I'm crossing Chris Carson off. Yeah. Too injury prone. Although I think if Pete Carroll would have his way, he would run it 72 times a game. I was going to say, yeah. And he would let Russ throw on third and 13, and that would be it. But uh, Chris Carson, not going to happen. Najee Harris, the rookie, who is uh, going to be a three down back for the Steelers. But that offensive line is one of the worst in the entire league, 25 to 1. I don't want him. Yep. Uh, yep. I am with you. Second worst run blocking offensive line in the National Football League last year. Didn't do much to address it. And I like Najee Harris as a player. But it's why like, I, I didn't really understand the pick just because he, he's just going to get met in the backfield so much. It's mm-hmm. going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you're going to get into guys who are going to be sharing the load. Like Ronald Jones is going to be sharing quite a bit of the carries with mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. Uh, I don't want either guy. Uh, J.K. JK Dobbins of Baltimore, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Jackson will run it too much. I don't. Do- Dobbins is not a good bet. Etienne is on the board. Have we forgotten about Robinson, how good he was last year as a rookie? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, no thanks to CEH. Could Antonio Gibson be worth a play as the lead back in Washington? Um, I, I to me he's not. Right. I like the ceiling of this guy again, and he had a superb rookie season. But he's also he, like that lingering injury in the off season to the foot. I think it was a toe. Yep. Is uh, kind of worrisome. And I like so he was one of those guys that I wanted to include, right? Because I think you would think the mindset for Washington is going to be that play really good defense run the ball extremely well. I think from a talent perspective, he's extremely good. I, they, he checked some of the boxes. Offensive line for the Washington football team last year was actually the 10th best offensive line in terms of run blocking, right? So there's all of these things that work in that favor. Uh, but I'm with you. The one thing that held me back is I just don't know if you're going to get him for an entire season. Because for me, at least in my personal handicap, he did check a lot of those boxes that I would want to look at for a guy. Okay. How about some other? DeAndre Swift is 65. David Montgomery, 65. Yeah, like, see, even like, so Swift is interesting too because... Like the Lions, I don't know what their we don't know what their game plan entirely is going to be, but they seem again. This is very un, uh, unfair of me, but if you look at it from that perspective, like it just seems like it is going to be a team in which you look at them from that perspective and go, yeah, we're going to run on first, second yep. down, and yep. smash mouth football, and he's going to get the opportunities, the attempts to do so. I think you're probably right. Um, Mention Montgomery. I think he's going to have a good year this year, but mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm not there with it. Uh, Miles Sanders is sixty five to one. And uh, how about some of the guys now that you look at in case an injury happens? Mm-hmm. Like Nick Chubb, to me, is one of the best pure running backs in the game, right? Yep. He's awesome. You mentioned the Browns might have the best run-blocking offensive line in the entire sport. But he's been a little injury-prone. Yeah. What if he gets hurt this year? And we talked about Kareem Hunt, how he did this as a rookie. He's clearly talented enough. They're good enough. The offensive line is certainly there. Kareem Hunt, 75-1 to 1 in case Chubb got hurt? The problem is... You're gambling on an injury. But... You're gambling on an injury, and like, like yeah, he's the number two guy. And so at some point, he's going to have to make up a gap. 
right, between him and whoever is at the top, unless for some reason they're, like, splitting carries early on. Mm -hmm. Maybe two, And maybe that's the case, right? Because, again, now we're talking about an extra game. Does the game plan change for a lot of these systems that have sure. two backs? Do you see more of an even split because you don't want to wear Nick Chubb down for, you know, usually the 17th game would be a playoff game. Right, but that's right. not the case. Now it's a regular season game. Right. Uh, two other guys I'll throw at you on the same team in case they got hurt. Raheem Mostert is 60-1 to yeah. one with San Francisco. I like him. I like him a lot. He's really good. Speed back. He's dynamic. Big playability. Great offensive line. Mm -hmm. Awesome offensive coach. But they drafted Trey Sermon. I would actually flip it, by the way, because of Mostert's injury history. Yeah. What if Mostert gets hurt? Can you find... I didn't even see on the list, and they had a bunch of other guys at William Hill, but what would be a number on Trey Sermon in case Mostert would get hurt? Like Sermon or people love the prospects of Sermon coming into the year, as do I. I have him at 60-1 to 1 to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Is that silly? Uh, 100-1 to 1 is what I've got. You've seen him 100-1? to 1? Yep. I don't hate it. No? I don't hate it because they're going to run the ball anyway. A lot. They can do it effectively. And, you know, if most of them were to go down, I think that would be a pretty good bet. And now we go back to the top of the board and a guy that we haven't mentioned yet, but it's from your team. Yep. I would shop around to see what kind of a number you can get on Jonathan Taylor. I just I think Jonathan I, I mentioned that about Barkley. If Barkley stays healthy, he's going to have a breakout year. Like Jonathan Taylor in a 17 game season behind that offensive line, and Carson Wentz is the quarterback. I I mean you might be able. Okay, we're already seeing 12 to one. Yep. At another book, if you find 15 to one, 20 to one on on some book. That is Jonathan Taylor. I would absolutely be all over that. And the way he ended, the, look, he was really good for them last year, over you know nearly twelve hundred yards, and really came on strong as the year ended. Oh, absolutely, it was so much better, and they were getting giving him more opportunities too as a lead back. And look, you mentioned the offensive line. If you look at some of the grading systems from Pro Football Focus, right, third best run blocking offensive line a season ago, and they have invested in it. It is going to be a weapon again. And you and I discussed this to a certain extent last uh, yesterday, which is if you have Carson Wentz to help the Jonathan Taylor case. Do you not open the offense a little bit more conservatively as the season goes along, right? Like to begin the year, are you not relying on the run game a little bit yep. more yep. to take some of this off of Carson Wentz to give him time to get used to this offense? And again, it's an offense he played under that year they won the Super Bowl and Frank Reich and all of that. But I would think that Jonathan Taylor, out of all of these, if you're getting somewhere in like a, a double digit type of number, right, more in the range of what Saquon Barkley is, that's for sure investable to me. He ran for 2,000 yards a couple times at Wisconsin. Yeah. They always had a great, great offensive line. He ran for nearly 250 yards against the Jags in week he 17. Did. Yeah, he did. Yep. yep. Uh, imagine if he would have been, like, the number one guy from the start last year. And they were not, I'm not going to say screwing around, but it was Marlon Mack. Yeah. They were splitting carries with some other guys. Like, if Taylor would have been the lead back coming out of uh, you know training camp in the preseason, he would have pushed for... What, 16, 1,700 yards yeah. a year ago? I mean, I think, I guess the worry would be because Frank Reich really likes Naheem Hines, and he's like, the, he is their third down scat. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. And those third down opportunities, like, I will say, like, Frank Reich is weird at times. Sometimes he's, he's a genius, and other times it's third and one. He's lining up in a power formation with yeah. no wide receivers, and you know it's coming. So maybe Jonathan Taylor does get those carries. That would be my one worry, but I think I would be there on Jonathan Taylor if you're getting double digits. Yeah, no, I, I like JT. The other guy would be Cook if you can get, you know, I think 6-1 to one is not bad, but I think you can probably shop around and get a better number on Cook as well in that range. But those would be the two guys at the top that I would look at and some of the other guys that we mentioned really, really far down the list. Also, some props that are available Individual 200-yard rushing games this season. The total is four and a half. Under is minus 125. We're going to get five? Hmm. 
Five guys to go over 200 yards rushing this year? I mean, you get the extra game, right, for yeah. all of these guys, so that's part, that's part of it. And look, I mean, we have multiple guys that we talked about on this that had 200-yard games last year. Jonathan Taylor had one. I think, uh, what? Uh, what's his face? Uh, Derrick Henry had two. Well, I'm sure he had a couple, they, they yeah. looked that up. I can understand that going over. About more rushing yards, Joe Mixon versus Aaron Jones. Jones is minus 170. Got to tell you, I don't hate Mixon plus 150 because of what I said with the yeah. Packers. I mean, they were splitting carries with Jones a lot last year, and they were putting Jamal Williams out there. And I think that's going to be the game plan with Dylan. By the way, Derrick Henry had three 200-yard games. Had three 200-yard games. games. Well, <laughs> so there's four between two guys already. Yeah. That's yep. uh, no, I would agree with that. I, that. That would be something that I would look at for sure. I mean, like, and again, too, like Aaron Jones is a pretty dynamic athlete out in space, right? Like they use him for some certain things. And yeah. there are reasons why fantasy-wise, like he was a touchdown machine, but it does drive you nuts if you've ever had Aaron Jones in your fantasy team in certain situations getting pulled uh, off the field. I'll raise my hand. I yeah, have right. him in multiple leagues. <laughs> right. Uh, how about a Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott prop? Chubb minus 140, Elliott plus 120. You know, we didn't even talk about Elliott. He's 20 to 1 in the league in uh, rushing. Yeah, and hey, he lost weight. Right, mm-hmm. the, the the massive sign that of course he's going to be much better this year. You know, and you trying to think, find some plus money here. I would actually look at Zeke plus one twenty over Chubb. Well, and again, so going back to our our conversation about Carson Wentz, if there's a team that might allow their quarterback to ease into it, you think it's a guy who had his ankle snapped in half, right? Mm. In Dak Prescott, and he's he's an incredible athlete and incredible quarterback. But I think you, you take it maybe a little easy with Zeke Elliott being in the quote best shape of his life since he's entered the league. Sure. I mean, maybe this is a case where you get Zeke Elliott to kind of come out. But he's also, Zeke Elliott's one of those guys that's been pretty disappointing. And we're finally starting to see the market adjust a little bit on certain props for him before the season started. But he's been nowhere near the guy he was his first two, three years in the, yep. in the league. How about Najee for the Steelers? Again, we just I thought you ran down the bad offensive line in Pittsburgh. But he's plus 160 against Josh Jacobs? Yeah. I do not understand that number. Yeah, To that point, like I, I can understand Jacobs being favored, but $1.80. $1.80 right? that, that's that's where you get me because again, like where you're averaging like three and a half, like three point seven yards per carry, some inefficiencies, the offensive line, right. what that looks like, right? Like we can talk about the run blocking scheme and the the grades, but this is a completely different offensive line from a year ago. Yep. And even last year, they didn't even grade out that well. Is it okay to love a bet, but not place a wager on it because the juice is too high? Yeah, you you have your. It absolutely is, in my yeah, opinion, of because honestly, like Jonathan Taylor's minus two sixty against Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I think that should be in the seven dollar range. No joke, I really do. Well, then, then don't the you pr- bet it. The problem is, he can go out there in week three, and he can snap an, an ACL, and then I just paid minus two sixty on a bet that has no chance of winning. Yeah, but I mean that's the case for everything, right? Yeah, but you're paying a, a steep price at that point. A wise man once said, "Scared money don't make money." Mitch. Yeah, I understand that. But also, I am. I will fully admit that I'm a little hesitant to bet some of these props. Right. I ran one down a couple of weeks ago. Like I love Austin Eckler against Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the more rushing and receiving yards combined for the season. I got him at plus one ten. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I bet him the day before Cam Akers went out for the season. Yeah. So like that can happen to anybody, and then your bets are already dead. Well, here's one thing we haven't discussed this entire time with all of these guys that we're talking about. Which one of them are vaccinated? Because that's the other part, uh, too, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. we had a bunch of guys go on the COVID reserve list yesterday. Who knows if they're going to miss time? Yeah, no question. Up next, uh, we're going to discuss a fascinating result in Major League Baseball from yesterday per some research. It's the first time this ever happened in the history of the sport.
2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, as always, from the OddsTrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. Compare sportsbook sign-up bonuses and get uh, real-time bet tracking at OddsTrader.com. Good observation on Twitter. And by the way, you can tweet us at VSIN Live, at Mitch Moss Radio, at me, JVT. This is from Beating the Bookie. Good follow on Twitter points out and he says JVT more vaccinated than unvaccinated players are testing positive in the NFL both have to sit out so it really doesn't make a difference their status in my opinion yeah no and I would fair yeah no it's completely fair and you know I brought it up as an example of another reason why guys might not miss time sure and I do wonder if it is like do you look so we were talking about guys like an Antonio Gibson type right do you is it fair to look at teams like Ron Rivera who is openly 
uh, frustrated with the fact that his vaccination right. rates are insanely low. You don't know if Gibson's one of them. Like, do you shy away a little bit more from investing in a in a guy in a futures pool, right? And anybody for Washington, just given the fact that we don't know what's going on with that team and their rates are so low that it's more likely a guy could miss a game or so. I'll tell you what, I have uh, at this point of the season, I think it's probably the fewest amount of future bets I've ever had in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you flat out that I had probably th- two or three times as many last year during the pandemic. Yeah. But also I was sitting around bored and like didn't know if it was Tuesday or Saturday. Right. And we had nothing to do and I was driving myself nuts like everybody across the world was. But So I was looking for stuff every single day and uh, making more bets. But <clears throat> I just, I've, you know, I've noticed a bunch of bets that I like and I just I haven't pulled the trigger on very many. I have probably like eight or nine bets right now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think I had like 30 going into the season last year. Yeah, Maybe not that high, but it was close. I think I got like four or five. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll be with you on that. So I thought this was absolutely fascinating yesterday. I'm watching the game, and I'm following it online as well. And as it's, it, it hit me late in the game that, and I'm looking at the box score, and I'm scanning, and I'm like, wait a second here. And as I'm doing the math on it, I thought to myself, has this ever happened in baseball? Like, I really wanted it to hold up. I, want, I didn't have any action on it. I wanted the Tigers to hang on and uh, beat the Twins yesterday because of this. They eventually scored 17 runs, the, mm-hmm. the Tigers. How many home runs did they hit? I'm going to go with seven. They hit zero. Tigers hit so, zero home runs. So incredible. The Twins hit seven home runs. They committed zero errors, by the way. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking if a team scored 17 runs on no home, home runs, it's going to be like, well... They probably had some luck. There's some unearned runs in there. The team on defense was sloppy. Errors? Right? Yeah. Throwing errors? No errors for the <laughs> Twins. The Twins also scored six runs in two different innings. Twins lost the game. That's, that's so nuts. What? And then, uh, so I tweeted that out. Doug Kazarian, ESPN, uh, retweeted it, and he said, Major League Baseball teams are now 41-1 and all-time okay. Went out homering their opponent by seven. The Twins yesterday was the only loss ever. And seven home runs ties the most ever in a loss. You think Doug was tracking that? Was just waiting for the day in which that happened? Teams that have hit seven or more home runs in a game. Well, they have a pretty good research crew. Of course they do. That's incredible. And they were on it as the game was unfolding, I'm sure. And um, that's just... How how does that happen? Right. Ever? That shit... I mean, again, that's the first... When I think it was humans who was sitting in. I, I get confused now. Right. Uh, Time all melts together. Yeah. But when we talked about how we've heard many baseball announcers say that, like, they see something different that they've never seen before in their entire lives. And people who have been broadcasting games and watching games for, like, 30 years or more, whatever, they say that. Like, there's something that happens in a baseball game every day I've never seen before. Well, in baseball, like, there's so many scenes that are intricately, like, follow. Everything has a number in baseball. Like, you can find something unique in every single game. It's It's crazy. Yeah, it's a number of sport, yeah. But the Tigers also nearly blew a huge lead in that game, like several times over and over. Mm-hmm. And the Twins are just an absolute dumpster fire. My God. If you could relegate teams in Major League Baseball, I think I'd want to push for that team to be relegated how bad they are. How dis- Their win total was, what, high 80s? Maybe 90? Mm-hmm. That's going to like go under like Golden State did a couple of years ago in basketball. Oh, yeah, I remember. That was great. And, well, and that was, that was injury-related, at least. Yeah. Right? Well, when Steph goes out, what was it, game game one of the year or whatever it was? Game like four or something yeah. like that. He broke his hand, Aaron Baines landed on him. Yep. Yep. Came down funny on the wrist or something like that. Yeah, and and just the, like that. The tumble. Yeah. Oh, by, and was that the same year? Was that the pandemic year? Because it didn't even matter. It didn't matter. Because That's right. Because the league was shortened. That's right. <laughs> 
It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Email is open as well. It's FTM at VSIN.com. FTM for Follow the Money at VSIN.com. We will get into today's Major League Baseball card coming up in about 15 minutes. A lot of good pitchers going today. But up next, betting the NBA draft. And what we know at this hour is some bets that still might make uh, might make some sense. That's coming up next year on VSIN. Winnings cash out instantly with Bet Rivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in play betting options out there. As always, get 250 bucks for a match bonus, fastest payouts, and only one time playthrough at Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. The offer is valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It is also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. You must be 21 years old to play. NBA draft is coming up. Starts in what, like uh, 12 hours? I can't wait. Right now? Oh, neither can the I. The NBA draft is so much fun. It's it's quicker, of course, than the NFL draft. You get to sit there and watch your bets come in if you have any, or watch them go up in flames. Uh, you know, every single year, like the NBA draft to me, when because I was such a big college basketball person for the mm-hmm. first like 25 years of my life, it was my favorite sport on the planet by a long shot. Nothing came close to it. Loved college. Yeah. I, I lived, breathed, ate college basketball like 365 days a year. That was when kids would stick around until you know sophomore, junior, senior seasons, um, and you would get to know these players. You'd watch them for a couple of years. You'd mm-hmm. kind of have something in your head like, okay, like this. I've seen enough now. Like this guy's going to be really good. He's going to fit with this team. This guy's not going to work. Whatever. It's tough because a lot of these guys we don't see play yep you know the g league i gotta be honest i mean unless i go to a youtube video for 90 seconds i'm not seeing guys play right um college you know freshmen that play in obscure teams that are not on tv all the time probably didn't see him play that much other than some highlights so it's difficult to form an opinion on what you think of the player but overall when it comes to just following the information and betting it mm-hmm. like if you if you because you can be ahead of the sports books with the draft right that's why really quickly can i just say so the nba draft isn't really offered especially out here in nevada right yep it was and, up for like 24 to 48 hours out here, and bam, off, and, off and the I'm board. I'm always surprised by if I'll talk to other betters, but I don't really want Like, you as a better should be pounding the table for the NBA draft to be put up on these boards. Agreed. Because you are on equal footing with, with the bookmakers. And you the have information it, yes. comes at the same time. Right. It's an opportunity, just like the NFL draft is. Like, I'm always surprised by the NBA draft not being as popular. I, I get if you want to talk about the sport itself, but like, if we're talking about the draft, you have an advantage. Right. I'm so surprised that more people are like, where is this? Like, let's go. The the NFL draft and the NBA draft should be two of your biggest edges of the entire year. Yes. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and there is a reason why. I mean, sports books here in this city, in the state, again, they have to be down 24 hours before the event starts. Like last night, it was 5 o'clock or 5.30, whatever time it starts tonight. Like at that time uh, last night, Bam, off the board. Yep. Got to take him down. There's a reason why they only put him up like two days before. 
Right. Like odds makers have said, they don't like booking this stuff because they get killed. Like the they don't like doing the NFL draft here in town mm-hmm. because they've gotten killed on it over the years. So the day of the NFL draft, I was here on the nightcap, uh, the, or there was it the next day. Regardless, Derek walked in and he's like, "Yeah, you know, like when it comes to Las Vegas, like we're not looking forward to this because you're going to have to put up. Everybody's going to be coming here, right? When the draft is here, the NFL draft, and like." We're going to have to offer a lot of stuff, and people well, are just going to be betting it and all this information. Like, we're always behind the eight ball. Well, that's why here at Circa, when they put up, they eventually put up all of those props this year. Yeah. And they had a ton. They put it up, I think, two Saturdays before the draft. Oh, I remember. Right? And so when we asked Derek and Mike, like, was that a litmus test? Were you kind of gauging what's going to, like, a, a, a trial run for next year? Yep. When it's here in town, they're like, 100% it was. Because we know when people come to town for this draft, we're going to have to offer as many bets as possible. Dude, I sat. I actually was. I went to go get my second vaccine shot, and I was sitting in Cashman Field's parking lot yeah. when they put up the props. And I'm just refreshing my phone, betting on what I can. Like the Asante Samuel, one of the ones that I want, Asante Samuel Jr. I go to bet on it. Boom, twelve spots draft position. It's already moved. Like it's it's incredible yep. the way these things move because the information is out there. Look, I'm not doing this to toot my own horn, but I I will probably never repeat this in my entire life. Last year, and well. A couple of months ago in the NFL draft, I hit two different 30-to-1 shots. Right. I had Leatherwood going 17 overall to the Raiders, and I had Kyle Trask going to the Buccaneers at 33-to-1, I believe. Like, I had read a story a week before, at least before the draft, that it made a lot of sense. The, the Buccaneers were one of the teams that talked to Kyle Trask. They did it via Zoom. They liked him. And people were pushing forward in the area, and the team seemed to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Like there, there were stories out there a good week or two in advance. That's why his number dropped all the way down to I think five or seven to one to go to the Buccaneers. Yep. And so you get to, and so to bring this back to the NBA draft. So for example, a Jalen Green type, right? I was with you at the beginning of the month. Yes, you we were. talked about this. We said Evan Mobley is the odds-on favorite to go number two. He should not be. Every indication is that it's going to be Jalen Green. And even all the way through up to two days ago, when I was with you here on Tuesday, my first day this week. He was like minus 180. But all of the information, the fact that there was a report that the Rockets were getting stonewalled on working out Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs, that team's not going to draft Jalen Green in that spot, mm-hmm. right? And so you could have you could have gotten a plus price. You could have gotten minus 120, yep. 130, 150, 160. Those were all investable prices. Today, Jalen Green's minus 650 to go second overall. Yep, yep. And I will tell you that in these events, sometimes the juice... You got you got to be willing to pay some of the extra juice. Like right. I said in a season long bet, I don't really want to pay something like minus two sixty because it, it's the first week of camp, right? Mm-hmm. I could go make a bet today, and by tonight the guy might injure his ACL, and I'm screwed for the, the bet's already over with, right? Mm-hmm. But tonight it's bada bing, bada boom, instant gratification. You're a winner, or you're a loser tonight. The top three exact order was minus one twenty on Monday. It was minus one twenty to go Cunningham, Green, Mobley. Right now it's minus four dollars. Yep. And some of the other stuff, too. The, the book night stuff. He opened up 10.5. He's down to, what, 7.5 minus $2 to the under now? Mm-hmm. And by all indications, he's going to go 6. At the very latest, he's going to go 7. So you've had these numbers changing throughout the entire process. Um, some stuff that is still available right now. I think Kaminga, if you can find him over 6.5 with heavy juice, I'm looking at one book. He is... Seven minus one fifteen to the over. I don't see him going top six. Yeah, I think he can go seven. So if you find seven on that, I think the worst is going to be a push. But he could also drop beyond seven. Jalen Johnson, if he's still out there at fourteen and a half, uh, by by all indications, right? He is now going late teens. And Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky appears to be another guy. I'm looking at one spot. He's eighteen and a half. Another book has him twenty and a half. And you know, per the people who have been covering this. For like 24 hours a day the last few weeks, maybe a couple of months, 
Isaiah Jackson is now going somewhere in the 20s. Yep. It's informationally based, man. Like, and this is why, like I said, like it, it, maybe next year, I don't, I don't know if it happened. Uh, who knows? Maybe it takes an NBA team coming to Las Vegas for it to get offered a little bit more, right? But, you know, you can get away with not hanging this up because it's not as popular. My argument is not so much with bookmakers because I, I would say, yes, I, I would hope you put it up. It'd be more readily available out here. I think it's on like you as a better, right? The reason why the NFL draft is booked as, as much as it is is because it is popular. There's sure. a demand for it. Right. And then you as a better get an edge. If you demand that there's going to be more in terms of NBA draft offerings, it's there for you. What number did you like Garuba at to go over? 15 and a half. 15 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I got him over 16 and a half with some juice. Now he's minus, he's a 17 and a half. Right. Over is minus 135. And now, 24 hours after we talked about it, I was bringing it up. Every indication he's going over that. And sure enough, now up to 17 and a half. Uh, we will go over today's Major League Baseball card up next. Some of the biggest differences between ERA and FIP for some of the uh, pitchers scheduled to take the mound today. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
on your lucky pair of Crocs and channel your inner fortune teller because your prediction might just make you $10,000 richer. The Crocs, Hoops, Draft, Prediction, Challenge, here. And dare we say, free to play on DraftKings.com. If the odds are in your favor, 10 Gs could be yours. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. All right, today's Major League Baseball card. Uh, Otani did it again last night. And this man, dude. Imagine being that good at baseball and that handsome. Could you imagine? What a life. And what is he, 6'4"? Oh, dude, right? Just and, yoke. And, and he uh, is stellar running the bases. Yep. Athleticism off the charts. So he's Better having... Better Babe Ruth. Sorry. JVT, like, of our lifetime. Uh, some of the years Barry Bonds put together were just hard to comprehend. But is Otani actually having the, this maybe the greatest individual season of our lifetime? He, oh, oh, of our, I mean, look. Of our lifetime? I I'm, mean, I'm kind of old now. Of my lifetime, absolutely. I, I've never seen anything like this. Unless it's the nobody, weird... Nobody alive has. Right. Like the weird grainy footage of Babe Ruth like, destroying milkmen, right? Who yeah. are probably a little hungover on the mound. Right. Soft tossing 80 miles an hour. Like, sure. But, like, like, this is incredible. Given the level of competition he's facing, what he does on a night-to-night basis, I'll pitch seven innings, hit a home run in this game. Like, it's, it, he is absolutely nuts. So, yes, I don't think there's any, any problem saying that. It's not hyperbolic at all. Um, Ricky Henderson put together a couple of individual seasons that were just like, my God, he had how yep. many home runs and stole how many bases... Scored how many runs? Like Ricky Henderson put together some all-time years. Barry Bonds did obviously when he was uh, you know juiced up beyond belief. But what we're seeing right now from this guy, I, what, what do you do with the MVP number right now? I mean, I'm sorry, oh, yeah. but I was going back and forth with a buddy of mine last night, and I just said I, it should probably be closer to ten uh, minus minus a thousand right now. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got the sentimental vote. He's actually got the numbers. Like he's got everything possible mm-hmm. at this point right now. Uh, and I would say I think from if we're talking about seasons that like caught the eye. Like, I vividly remember, what was the, the Sammy Sosa-Mark McGuire home run year? What year was that? Oh, you 1998. Said, so you I was said, seven, you, eight years old. You said that you vividly remember. Is that vivid? I don't know. I, I well, that yeah, yes, what year it was. Right, well, so because like... 1998, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, well, because the reason why is, I remember, you know, I was like seven years old that year, my mom, like, sitting down and watching, like, Sammy Sosa's... Up oh, yeah. yeah. like And my yeah. mom doesn't watch sports at all. And I remember sitting there watching those games and being enthralled with watching what was going to happen. And that is the for me personally, if we're talking about like baseball and yeah. how attractive this is and types of seasons that capture your attention, this is the closest thing. That's the closest thing I can remember to what Otani's been doing this year. Like as as a as a kid who grew up loving sports, that was the most impactful season that you could ever recall. Yeah, it was truly like nineteen ninety eight was completely a totally different world than where we live in right now or mm-hmm. what we live in right now. There was no checking the phone, you know, every 10 minutes to see if a guy hit a home run. It was like, you're going to be sitting in front of the TV to see what McGuire does today. Yep. Right? But, so I, I would make, at some point, the MVP is going to be over with, right? Yeah. I actually think that we're, we're probably there. Even if the Angels, if they, even if they, like, misfire the rest <laughs> of the season and they're a disaster, like what we're talking about, voters love this kind of stuff. They what? will make it a, they have big narratives. These, there's one question you ask yourself. With this Otani thing, MVP. What are the Angels without him? Because Trout is hurt. Yep. He regresses the other day in terms of the injury, all of these things. What are they? They're not. They've been floating around 500 and within a, like a Hail Mary distance of a wild card because of what Otani's been doing. Yep. Uh, pretty soon it's going to have to be at every book. Will Otani win the MVP? Yes, no. It's yep. going to be a field bet, right? Yeah. And, and even if the, the Blue Jays make a huge run and Vlad is great over the next two months, May, he's the one guy that I think can make a run. Or do you put the pro, will it be a unanimous MVP? I think right? put that up as a prop bet. <laughs> right. You think a Red Sox player can make a run? 
They're having a great season. Devers uh, has been phenomenal, or do they kind of cancel each other out? I mean, I think it would be Devers, if anything. I think so. I love watching Devers play. He's absolutely great. But, yeah. like, again, like, like we always like we did this with the NBA MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Like, throughout the season, every time I was asked, like, do you think player X is in yeah. the conversation? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, he's in the conversation. He'll get a third-place vote. Congrats. He's not going to win. Right. Like, That's you know? what it is. Uh, so the Angels go today. Alex Cobb is uh, probable. And looking at pitchers with you know big differences between their ERA and their FIP, well, his ERA is uh, you know it's 3.82, which is respectable. Um, the FIP, though, JVT, 2.61 yeah. with the FIP. You know, a solid run plus better with the FIP, which is a truer number. His BABIP is 327. Little unlucky there. And he gives up like zero home runs. Yep. And the problem is he gets basically in his starts no support. How about this? If you look at his like last three outings, for example, he has given up two earned runs in his last three outings total, and yet they're one and two in those games because he's got nothing in terms of is support. Is that right? The yeah. The bullpen has been absolutely atrocious behind him when he comes out. So I think like Cobb is to me has been like if you're going to play him, it is a first five or nothing. And maybe it's a first five under, considering he has been as dynamic as he has been. But the thing you like about him, which why the Angels sell, they might get something good back for him. Look, the walks, a little high. Three walks every nine innings. He doesn't give up home runs. Less than yep. 0.4 home runs every nine innings. Yep. He's a ground ball guy, keeps it down, allows his defense to work. Not one of the best defenses in Major League Baseball either. But regardless, he has been, outside of Otani, he has been absolutely one of the big reasons why they've been floating around too. He just needs bullpen help to actually get some of these results. And that would worry me from a full-game perspective when you're one of the worst bullpens in Major League Baseball. You see it all the time. He had a start against the Mariners where he had, he puts up a good performance, comes out, and all of a sudden the bullpen just implodes. Yep. You, yep. Just, you can't trust it from a full-game perspective for the Angels. He's minus 115 in the game today. It, to me, it's first, what, first $5.20? I'll look at that in yeah. a second because I have the Otani home run prop. Yeah. Two to one today. Really? Two to one. You know, I have Vlad. People are going to get sick of me saying this. I have Vlad at 45 to 1 to lead the league in home runs. Can you match? Decent bet. Right. Do you have Vlad at, at uh, MVP too? 15 to 1. So you can frame both of those as he lost both to Shohei Otani. But I have Ota- <laughs> I don't have Otani home runs, but right. I have Otani on several tickets to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. I get 30 plus 750 and also 6 to 1. Uh, let me see if I can find the first five on the game. Angels dollar twenty five. Yeah, dollar twenty five. You probably find a better number than that, actually. Right. But they, they, that would be the way I go because again, you can't you can't trust it. The bullpen is is a no go with the Angels specifically. Red Sox against the Blue Jays today. They split their doubleheader a day uh, yesterday. Robbie Ray solid again. He's great man. for the Blue Jays after getting rocked against the uh, Red Sox a week ago. Edu- uh, Eduardo Rodriguez goes. He's laying a dollar twelve. Ryu on the take back is plus 102, but Rodriguez is another guy here. ERA is 5.23. The FIP, much lower, 3.5. The BABIP is 3.55, and he strikes out 10.5 batters per nine. We talked about him recently mm-hmm. on a show when you were hosting with me, going back probably you know a week and a half, 10 days, whatever, two weeks, I should say, uh, and he was great that day. Uh, do you like him in this spot laying $1.12? against the Blue Jays. Uh, look, Eduardo Rodriguez is one of those guys that is a, is a buy-low candidate for me as we went into the second half. And last time we saw him, he had to leave the Yankees start early because he had migraine issues. But before that, went on the road against the Yankees. What did he do? Held them scoreless. That was the game. Two-thirds. Yep. That was the he, game. He yep. was absolutely great. And he got beat up a little in Anaheim, but the start before that was one that you're discussing where at the beginning of January, July, he went six strong against Oakland. Like This is a guy that in two of the three starts, we'll call it two of the three because, again, he left early in the, the last one. 
he has been the buy low pitcher that I think you expect. So I've I've kind of been pretty consistent on this. We have a 523 ERA. You mentioned the FIP, the expected fielding independence even better at 334. Strikeouts guys at a high rate. Home runs he's getting a little unlucky. He doesn't walk dudes. Like I I use this all the time. If I told you Mitch is a guy that strikes out ten and a half guys every nine innings, only walks two every nine, and has an ex fit of three thirty four, you're like, that's a buy on guy. I would say so. And that's Eduardo yep. Rodriguez. So I, I think that I would be in on Eduardo, especially with this lineup from the way that it's still swinging the bat. Money came in on the overnights on the Baltimore Orioles against Casey Mize and the Tigers. And when you look at his numbers, I think betters obviously realize this. Casey Mize, the ERA is three point six three. The FIP, basically a full run higher at four point five eight. Been a little fortunate with the Babbitt at 258. Some money came in on the Orioles, and uh, they finished their series against the Marlins last night, traveling to Detroit today. Yeah, and I can agree with it, right? Like, his Mize is really solid, but, but for the most part, when you look at some of the numbers, the thing that stuck out to me with Mize is, and it's not a massive drop, but still, from a year ago, well, he cut the walks immensely, which was a really big problem for him last season. The strikeouts have also gone down. And so, like, and that's kind of the problem, right? At yeah. times, he oh, does yeah. have some issue with command. And if your command is going to be off, you got to at least strike out guys at a really high rate. And he doesn't really do that. He's a pitch-to-contact type of guy, induces a lot of ground balls. And now if you're factoring in a price, I know the Tigers are a really solid club that look like they have some young guys coming up in the next few years. Yeah. But at $1.55, that would be worth, I think, looking against. That's a really big price. Yeah, and they were go- going to limit his innings any- anyway. That goes back yep. a good month or so. And uh, last guy here on this list in terms of uh, biggest differences between ERA and FIP, Chad Cool for the Pirates, 4.38 with the ERA. Sure number with the FIP says 5.37. His BABIP is 253. And money on the Brewers overnight opened up $1.79. They're up to, you know, the $2 range. Freddie Peralta is going today. Great observation by loyal VSIN viewer Ian McDonald, who said he noticed that uh, Peralta's batting average against, not BABIP, mm-hmm. but batting yeah. average against is 129. It's the lowest that he could find on record. Pedro in 2000, when he had that magical year in the American League, was around 168 batting average against. Mm-hmm. This guy is, the batting average against is one, you can't touch him. No. So he he does walk a lot of guys. It's four per nine innings. He needs to cut back on that. He strikes out a ton of guys, and he does give up home runs. That's kind of like the downfall to per- Freddie Peralta. Overall, though, I mean, the guy has been phenomenal this year. Yep, and here's the thing. So with for me, I always have like, I, and this is just my 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 barometer. It was completely subjective looking around in terms of looking at the differentials, right? Like for me, when we're talking about buy low and selling high, that, that 4.1, 4.2 area for XFIP is where if you're starting to go over that and you have an ERA that's well under three or, yeah. you know, that's where I'm like, all right, this guy's worth like looking to play against. The problem with Peralta is his numbers are really solid across the board. I know. And even with, like you mentioned again, what, what did we just talk about, the, the walks? Well, you can walk four guys as long as you're striking out about 13 or 12, and sure enough, he's doing that every nine Mm -hmm. innings, and you can really overcome that. So, like, while there's some really incredible numbers, there doesn't look like, like, if regression hits, he's going to go from, like, top-end ace to top-end number two guy, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he's still a really good dude. He is. Uh, So, I like the Red Sox today against the Blue Jays at that number, uh, short number. Mm -hmm. Favorite again by $1, $10, 12 in that range. That'd probably be my best bet in baseball. Look at some others as well. Money uh, overnight, by the way, and this morning on Castillo and the Reds. I agree with that. Castillo has been phenomenal going back a good two months, kind of under the radar because he got off to such a bad start. We will talk some NBA draft up next. Jim Root does a great job with college hoops for three-man weave. We'll get into some of the rumors floating around, what's a smokescreen, and bets he likes with the draft later on tonight.
BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.